Welcome to the Simply DV podcast for Monday, December the 4th, 2006. Hello, I'm Colin from Simply DV. This week's podcast is devoted to a single subject, namely the very recent launch of Premiere Elements 3 which is the latest in a line of digital video editing applications from Adobe, which is designed to help beginners to digital video to edit their camcorder footage, to produce DVDs, to export it to mobile devices or PDAs or even iPod videos, and to share it on the web. Now, Premiere Elements 3 improves upon previous versions by enabling the import of video clips from a much wider range of devices. Not just DV camcorders, but also DVD camcorders, camcorders that record to SD cards, mobile phones, digital stills cameras, PDAs and even the internet. Now, early today, during a flying visit to London en route back to Adobe's HQ in Mountain View, California, I caught up with Mike Iampietro, who is the uh, manager of the Consumer Video Products Division within Adobe. We talked about a number of issues relative to the new Premiere Elements 3, and what I wanted to know from Mike was how the latest version of Elements will aid beginners to digital video editing, and I was also interested to know what improvements had been introduced since version 2. I think the great thing about uh, Premiere Elements has always been that it's built on some very solid technology. Uh, it's always been one of the most uh, reliable consumer video editing products, but also probably the most powerful in terms of the depth of features and functionality that it offered uh, the consumer video editor. But maybe what was a little lacking in versions 1 and 2 was the sort of approachability, the ease of use for the, the person who's an absolute novice to, to video editing. And that was really what Adobe's goal for Elements 3 was to really build an easy on-ramp so that the person who had never edited video before could get started with Premiere Elements and, and, and very quickly get to a good result. And that's where most of the focus went for that release. The ability to import video sources from a wide range of devices is something that all video editing software producers are now striving hard to facilitate. After all, more and more people are turning their backs on traditional tape-based camcorders such as Mini-DV in favour of DVD, hard disk drive and even SD card camcorders. This poses problems for editing software simply because there's more work to be done with the considerable compression employed in the video signal. However, it's immediately noticeable that Premiere Elements 3 handles these sources very well. Yeah, I mean, that's intentional, and again, that's one of the dividends of sharing technology with Premiere Pro, that as they continue to improve the core components for importing, rendering, processing video, uh, we can pick up the benefits of those in, in Premiere Elements. Another feature of the new version 3 is the option to view the editing timeline as a simplified scene line display in addition to the traditional and slightly more complex timeline approach. I asked Mike whether the inclusion of this feature, which is, after all, quite commonly found in competitors' products, such as those from ULEAD, Pinnacle, Sony, and so on, uh, was driven by end-user feedback. Well, as I mentioned, that was part of this uh, move to make video editing more accessible to beginners. And and by doing a lot of uh, focus groups and usability studies, we found that timelines can be very intimidating. Now, you and I have edited video a lot, and and for us, timelines make perfect sense, and it's probably the best way to visualize uh, something that unfolds over time. It has multiple events that need to be synchronized. 
But again, for the, for the novice, for the first timer, it can be very intimidating. So the scene line is intended to overcome that, to give them a much more natural way of editing, something that's maybe more analogous to what they've learned from working with their digital photos, kind of like a, a slideshow sorter. Where it differs from the storyboards found in other consumer video editing is the way that we've enabled a, a mini timeline for trimming your clips right in the preview monitor window. And, and our goal here has been to sort of combine the best of both worlds, to, to give you the ability to easily sequence your shots using a storyboard, but the ability to visually adjust the in and out points, the starting and ending of your shots using a timeline-like tool. What users will no doubt find appealing about this latest release of Premiere Elements is the improved workflow management. In other words, the software makes it very easy for you to understand what's involved in importing clips, editing them and outputting them as DVD, web video, iPod video, flash files or whatever. And what's also striking is that this seems to be a common feature of all Adobe's applications of late. I think there's been an evolution in workflows, and you'll see this in almost all Adobe apps. Uh, we have a, a philosophy of, of moving towards very task-based workflows, as opposed to providing a, a sort of general UI where it's cluttered with every tool that the app has to display specifically the tools that are needed for the task at hand and to, to allow the user to, to select what task and get the right tools. And we did a lot of improvements, I think, in that area in, in Premiere 3, and, and we'll continue that in future generations. Adobe Photoshop Elements, now in version 5, is to digital imaging what Premiere Elements is for digital video. So it's no surprise that the two applications not only have much in common, but are also designed to complement each other very closely. Mike described to me the reasoning for this and how useful it can be for users of one application to have access to its sister product. Well, there's a couple of, of direct integration features. As you know, uh, you you can purchase Photoshop Elements by itself, you can purchase Premiere Elements by itself, or we also offer them bundled together. And that's more than just a good deal, more than just a good price, because we've done a lot of work to actually integrate the way the products work together. And some specific features in that area that are new uh, in, in the current, uh, current versions of the products uh, is, is one having to do with freeze frame, where in Premiere Elements you can park a park the video at any specific frame, grab that uh, for, for a freeze frame, uh, and that can be inserted in your movie as a freeze frame, but you may want to retouch that or enhance it in some way, and so you can automatically load that freeze frame into Photoshop Elements, use all of the tools in Photoshop Elements for adding text or, or effects or, or retouching, uh, and then automatically send it back into your, your movie in Premiere Elements. So that's one interesting sort of round-trip workflow that we've created. The other interesting thing, I think, has to do with slideshows. Now, we know that one of the most common uses for photos, of course, is creating slideshows and, and burning those to a DVD. And you can do that uh, in Photoshop Elements uh, all by itself. You can select a group of photos from your organizer, say, create a slideshow. Uh, the software will automatically put transitions and pan and zooms in, into the photos for you. And if that's enough for you, and it is for many users, then you can just go ahead and burn that to DVD. But if you want to take it a little further and do some more sophisticated editing, maybe modify the pan and zooms, add some different transitions, uh, and so forth, uh, there's an option that says send this slideshow to Premiere Elements. When you choose that, it places the slideshow in your Premiere Elements uh, movie window uh, and places it in, into the movie window as a single unit. And you can leave it that way, maybe just add some things around the start or the end of it. 
uh, or you can click on it and say expand the slideshow, in which case it will break it apart into each individual photo, each individual transition, and give you the full range of Premiere Elements editing tools to work on each one of those. If you're the kind of user who's interested in bringing together not just digital pictures in a variety of sizes and shapes, but you also wish to combine footage from, say, a DV camera with that from a DVD disc or even a mobile phone, Premiere Elements 3 now makes it easier for you to do so simply because it doesn't worry about standardizing the clips until you need to tell the software where you want to send the final project, whether it's to be out to tape or to DVD or to a video iPod or whatever. In short, we call this output-based editing, and Mike explained to me what this means in practice. The timeline is designed to allow you to put multiple formats in terms of codecs, in terms of frame sizes and so forth, to combine those in the timeline. And as you mentioned, it's all output-based, based on your project settings. So if you've selected a project that's going to be rendered at HD resolution, everything's optimized for that. If you are setting up a project that's going to be rendered at HD resolution, everything will be optimized for that. And talking of HD or high definition, that brings us to the subject of the latest video format designed around tapeless camcorders such as DVD, hard disk and SD memory card cams. Now the format in question is called AVCHD and Adobe is a member of the development group that includes Sony and Panasonic amongst others who are throwing a great deal of money at this impressive new consumer orientated high definition format. Now, whereas standard definition video DVDs use the MPEG-2 compression and decompression system, we call it a codec, high definition will require the use of the MPEG-4 H.264 codec. Great for quality, but as Mike explains, it's difficult for software to process it efficiently. Now, as people start using AVCHD and realize the benefits of the high quality of images and sounds that it offers. Does that mean that we'll soon see updates of Adobe's video editing software designed to make it easier for us to import, edit and share our high definition video clips in AVCHD? Well, well of course I can't pre-announce anything, uh, but you know, you've mentioned Adobe's involvement, so, so there's some, some obvious conclusions there. It's an interesting format and I think it's a great format in that it's leading the, the drive away from tape to solid-state-based uh, camcorders. Uh, that's a good thing, I think, for video editing because it, it reduces the amount of time it takes to move the video into the PC. Instead of taking an hour to capture an hour's DV tape, now it's a matter of co copying a file over in a few minutes, seconds. So that's a really good thing. And it's a great format in terms of the quality it delivers for the fi file sizes. But, and there's a big, big but there, Colin. Um, H.264, very efficient codec, but the more efficient a codec it is, the harder it is to edit. The more processing it takes to decompress the individual frames of video and give the editor access to them. And so that's a problem I think everybody in this space is struggling with right now and trying to figure out what's the best solution in terms of allowing people to edit this on a reasonably powered PC and, and, and have a good experience with it. I don't think we... Um, in fact, I can state that we don't have any plans to release an intermediate release uh, that, that will add uh, compatibility with AVCHD. So the soonest you might see it would be in the next major release. If past schedules are any indicator, we would have a, a new version of the Elements products in time for the holiday season of 07. So you heard it here first. 
No plans by Adobe to make available an intermediate release of Premiere Elements. That means that if you're contemplating the purchase of a camcorder that makes use of the admittedly impressive AVCHD high definition standard, then you won't necessarily be able to edit it or burn your project to a suitable high def DVD format disc, be it Blu-ray or HD DVD, whichever becomes the more popular. As always, we'll keep you abreast of the new developments in this field and rest assured that I'll pass on every new snippet of information as soon as I get wind of it. Meanwhile, my thanks to Mike Pietro for carving out a slot in his busy schedule and thanks also to Carly Pearson from Firefly Communications in London for setting it up. A final note. AVCHD is definitely on everybody's mind at the moment and in next week's podcast I'll be telling you about some exciting new products due to be announced here in Europe this coming Wednesday 6th of December. Be sure to subscribe or you'll miss out. Meanwhile, this is Colin from Simply DV saying thanks for listening and I'll be back with you with another Simply DV podcast next week. Bye now. <laughs>